0: Welcome to Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries, where we take a biblical approach to culture's difficult questions. Welcome back to Unapologetic. This is week number three and week number, I'm sorry, this is week number two,
1: isn't it? That's right, week number two. Yes. Week number two. I'm trying to
0: get ahead of myself. This is the holiday season. I'm, I'm anxious about the holiday season. This is November. We're looking at Thanksgiving. We're looking at Christmas coming up and New Year's. Man, I've had my is...
1: Christmas playlist going since October though.
0: Yeah. Uh, some of our family has been doing this since July. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so I guess I'm just trying to rush Thanksgiving over here. But anyway, week number two. And week number two and the schedule of our podcast is Change My Mind. And so if you guys listen to us on a regular basis, and if you don't, you can go back to the archives and you can find what we did last month, because this is part two, or as I like to say it, part B, um, to the podcast from last week, Change My Mind, which was, I believe in soul sleep and or purgatory, Change My Mind. And of course, um, my mind was easily changed because I don't believe in either one of those. And so the, the reason that that came about was the question was asked, you know, what happens when a Christian dies, where do they go? And what happens when a non-Christian dies, where do they go? And so for our listeners, Eli, we really need to, we really need to stress to, to fully understand today's podcast you probably need to go back and listen to last month's podcast. And, and we don't like to do this a whole lot, you know, have an A and B or a one and two. The, the, the idea is to go back and listen to last month's Change My Mind because it's leaning into this month's Change My Mind. And so we answered the question, what happens when a Christian dies? And so this is, this is the short answer to the long podcast of last month and it's when a person dies today they go to one of two places either they go to heaven or they go to hell okay heaven for the christian that means someone who has received jesus as their personal savior and lord through the new birth they have been converted and they surrendered their life for the rest of their life to jesus and so that person when they die, immediately 5 seconds milliseconds after they die they go to heaven and why is that Eli I think you've got a bible verse that's pulled up Yeah
1: last month we talked about 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 verse 8 that says we are of good courage because to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ
0: That's right and 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 so there's a lot of things that tangle into that as far as you know we're made up in the triune image of God he's father son and spirit and we're body soul and spirit and so what happens with the body first Corinthians chapter 15 the body is um is mortal and and of of corruption and so it goes to the ground and it is continually being corrupted through the elements of the world until one day there is a glorified resurrected body but immediately i believe the spirit in a conscious state is found in the presence of god in the moment of death for the christian and for the non-christian there is a realization after death just as well but it's in a place of separation from god with torments such as fire and the worm and outer darkness and all these things that are mentioned in the new testament in particular in the gospels and jesus preached more on hell than he did heaven and so you know that's when a person dies then obviously they who are, those who are lost far from God, who've never received Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, then they go to hell. Now, we, we talked last month, that changed my mind. Uh, we, we talked about um, how hell is the place of departed souls, Sheol and Hades, and that ultimately one day, Revelation chapter 20, death and hell shall be cast into the lake of fire. And so the lake of fire... Would be the final and eternal abode for those who have rejected Jesus to be their Savior and their Lord, and and of course the Lake of Fire will be the destination for those um, after uh, the resurrection of the dead. And so there, there's a whole lot to get into, and we did him. last month. We did, we did, and and but I mean even life. We're going to be honest with I think we got close to thirty minutes on the podcast last month our last podcast was just under 20 minutes but um you know it, you you could talk about this stuff so so long over and over and over again and and still fill up a lot more podcast time but so we want to kind of shift gears a little bit letting that last podcast of change my mind to be the foundation for today's change my mind and so the question we have is this, you you to ask it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Is death for the Christian grace and is death for the non-Christian judgment?
1: T- tough question. It's, Let that sink in for a minute.
0: It is, and, and it's definitely one of those thinking kind of questions. I mean, because your knee-jerk reaction, you're gonna, you want to say, no, death, you know, death. Well, first of all, death is judgment for everyone period so uh, you really have to crawl into the crevices of the question to really get your mind wrapped around where we're going with this but hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says it is appointed in a man wants to die and after this the judgment that's a general statement for all of mankind and like we talked about last time one out of one dies so yeah
1: all of sin and fallen short of the glory of god yeah
0: and the wages of sin is death and Sin, when it is conceived, bringeth forth to death. There's so many Bible verses that talk about that, and so all of us are sinners. Therefore, all of us experience the judgment found through death because of our sin. But we want to, like we did the last podcast, kind of break into a category. We want to take all of humanity and place in two different categories. Okay. Like Jesus did when he said the wheat and the chaff grow together or the sheep and the goat will be separated, one on his right hand, the sheep, and on his left hand, the goat. And so we, we want to say, okay, for those who have received Jesus, this is what can be expected in, in an eternal state. And those who have rejected Jesus, this can is is what can be expected in more of an eternal state. And so when you ask the question, and let's just, let's just me and you in a conversation, take this question and break it down into the two segments that it is. So is death grace for the Christian?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to think of it that way because, you know, as a, as a, for a younger believer specifically, I think it's hard to think that way. Maybe for an older believer, not so much. Wait a minute, but are for, you trying um, to
0: right here in this conversation,
1: put us in two different categories? No, no, I'm not doing okay. that. You're pretty young. You're a young dude. I can tell because of the gray in your, in your beard and stuff, (laughs) you're pretty young. Okay. (laughs) Move on. So it's hard to think of it for a younger believer. Like for me, you know, I'm newlywed. I'm thinking about having kids someday. Uh, I just started a job. I just graduated last spring. And so in my mind, like I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about death. I think about my future and my plans and what's going to happen and all Mm -hmm. these things that I want to see happen. When I think of death, I'm like, Ooh, no, let's, let's not go there. Let's not think about that. Um, But you have to, as a believer, you have to think about what comes after, (laughs) and to think that this is as close to hell as a believer will get right here. And so, Mm -hmm. even though there's so many good things now, and you have to think about what comes after and how much better Mm -hmm. that is. Yeah,
0: and and I think the seasons of life kind of usher you into a place you haven't been before, and sometimes that is thinking more of eternal things. And I I remember whenever I was your age, you know, uh, me and your mom recently married newlyweds having kids on our mind and future plans and goals and ministry goals and all these things and so we know that death is coming for every human being save Jesus come back and and rescue us from that which he has total authority and power and promised to do that <clears throat> but um you know I'm 45 years old You were just talking about recently married, having kids, looking for future things. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking forward to grandkids. And so, you know, I think to myself, you know, I want to be around for grandkids. So that doesn't mean I'm I'm ushering in death. Or
1: rushing it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah um i'm I'm looking forward to a season of life with you know your mom and we're gonna be at home and and no kids are in our house, which is I mean that's kind of a, a frightful thing for her, and sometimes it is for me, but knowing that we have we have uh whittled on these arrows as long as we could to get them as straight as we could, so that when these arrows as arrows in the hands of a mighty man psalm one twenty seven soar the children of your youth, and we let these arrows go. I understand that the quiver has been full and it is emptying now and that's a new season for us. And so I'm looking forward to the things of, you know, just me and her being able to hang out and do things together and maybe one day retiring. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, you know, just even in my stage of life, I think about those things, but I, you know, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes and and alludes to the fact that God has put eternity in all of our hearts. And So what happens when we when we die as a Christian? And but but this too, you know, Romans chapter 6 7 8 in particular chapter 7, Paul I think is explaining the frustration that brought to my mind that question of is grace or excuse me, is death grace? for the Christian, because he's talking about, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I know I shouldn't do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who is able to save me from this curse that I live in? And, and we know that it's Jesus Christ who saves us from the penalty uh, of sin, which is hell, uh, the punishment of sin, which is hell, um, but also in this unique sense, I believe that the only escape I'm going to get from this sinful flesh that I live in is going to be death. You know, there's no sin in heaven. And so when I die, I will, be, have, I will have been made perfected. Philippians 1 6, being confident of this very thing, he which begun a good work in you will perform it. And so the completion of this work on Andy through salvation and sanctification is when you put me in the ground and you throw some dirt on top of me, you can say, Andy is complete now. <laughs> and so, you know, I just think the answer to that question is, is death grace for the Christian?
1: To me, it's yes. Right, and so to believe that is, is not to rush death, but to not have to dread it because of what comes next. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I think we as Christians should never dread death anyway. It's a doorway into something a whole lot more real than what we think we know now. Um, you know, you look back and you see in history there's certain groups of people like the Morovians who come over around the 1700s, maybe a little earlier than that. If My time frame may be a little off, but came over... To the Americas to bring a missionary activity, the gospel uh, to the natives of America, and um, you know they encountered a lot of a lot of rough waters uh, on the ships. And uh, John Wesley was on the boats of the Moravians, and and he was actually convicted of their calmness through the storm because they didn't fear death. And I think whenever Jesus is spoken of in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, when he's he took. He says, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You know, he's saying, You don't have to fear death anymore. You know, I, I think this is the thing, Eli. The older you get, the more you'll recognize that death is a friend you didn't know you had who's coming for a visit. And it's okay. Don't, I mean, don't, you know, don't orchestrate its happenings. But when it comes and it's coming, just, just, be thankful that God's seen enough grace for you to help you get out of this place, you know? And so that sounds so morbid, <laughs> and so, but, but I, I can't help, but to think it's a, it's a good thing. Now, the second part of this question, right? Is, is death judgment for the sinner or for the lost? And so how would you answer that?
1: Yeah, I would, I would have to say yes. Um, this is the beginning of judgment for the lost. As a lost person mm-hmm. uh, living, you know that the father has no need to correct a child that isn't his. And so, a non-believer living, you really don't know the judgment of God or the wrath of God, even though it is aimed towards you as an enemy of God. Um, you don't. You still don't know it. And so, after death, there's no longer an option for repentance. You know, you've you've passed the point of no return. And so, I'd have to say yes.
0: And I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I think the answer to the both of these. Uh, two-sided question, you know, both of the questions is, is yes. Um, you, you think about, now I, w- I want to say this, death itself is judgment. There is a judgment coming for both the saved and the lost. The judgment that is coming for those who are saved is not based on whether or not they're saved. They're saved, they're secured in heaven with Christ. But on the stewardship of their life, it's the bema seat of Christ mentioned in Second Corinthians chapter five. Um, that for the lost is mentioned in Revelation chapter twenty, which is the great white judgment throne of God, and that is to where the final pronunciation of lostness is declared over those who have rejected Jesus. And so that is a judgment day itself. But I think individually in a little bit more, um, I guess, a smaller bite size (laughs) increment is that when a lost person dies, there's a judgment that is sentenced because their their fate is sealed. Just like in Luke chapter 16, when Jesus is telling the parable of the rich man and, and there's Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Uh, the rich man says, hey, let's get out of here and go tell my five brothers, send Lazarus to do so. Send Lazarus over here. And, and he has no commanding force. It's done. You know, um, as a matter of fact, Abraham says to him, your, your brothers have Moses and the law. Let them hear him. And he says, they won't hear him. But if someone were to be raised from the dead. <laughs> And I believe that dude had five brothers, and I believe Lazarus, after four days, was raised from the dead. And I believe Lazarus told a story that no man had ever heard before, and those five brothers had the opportunity. But, um, you know, for that rich man in the place of torments, his fate was sealed. And so there was judgment. In other words, your final opportunity has been given. Therefore, a decision has to be made there's a big difference between judging and being judgmental. Judgmental is making a decision when you don't have all the facts. Judging is making a decision based on the facts, right? And so actually we as Christians, we as human beings should have the mental whereabout to make good decisions based on the facts that are presented. That's judging. But, um, you know, we, we like to think, you know, don't, don't judge me, you know, um, but in reality, we have to judge and the judgment of God for a person who dies is the decision that no longer am I allowing you to have life so that you can make a decision. Your, your time of decision-making is over. I've made a decision, therefore it is judgment. And so death for the lost person is judgment. There's no, you can't make any more decisions. What can a dead man do? Nothing, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think the answer to the question is is yes. And so the question remains for those who listen to this podcast too, Eli, that w- where are you at on on the sides of this thought? Um, are you fearing death? You don't have to fear death if you're a Christian? Are you fearing death as one who is a non-Christian? well, then you have all right to fear death. And and so you should really contemplate, you know, what's going to happen with you in eternity. If there's never been a time in your life to where you recognize that you are a sinner who deserves the very wrath of God because God is absolutely and infinitely holy, pure in all of his ways and has done absolutely everything necessary to bring you to himself in a peaceful and a right relationship, and yet you've lived your life in refusal of that. I mean, there has to be the, the acknowledgement that God's done everything good and I've done everything wrong, and so I need his forgiveness and I need his grace over my life. And maybe you're one today who's been playing a game of Christianity but never have really trusted in Jesus to be your Savior personally and your Lord practically and today you realize i need i need him to be sovereign i need him to be good over my life in that manner then that i'm here to tell you is good news jesus is willing to save you doesn't matter who you are where you've been what you've done what you haven't done jesus is willing to save you if you will believe in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead as he died on the cross as the payment for your sins and god raised him from the dead you believe that in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. The Bible says in Romans ten thirteen, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they can be saved. And you don't have to fear death. You don't have to question life. Uh, you don't have to live wallowing in, in sin of the world. But you can have life full of meaning and purpose and a future home in heaven with Jesus when you do die and everybody is. Um, You just call out to Jesus and say, forgive me. I trust you. I surrender my life to you, and I'm willing to live the rest of my days for you. He is wonderful, and he is good, and he will rescue you, and he will save you, and he will fill you with his spirit and give you direction and purpose in life. And maybe you're a Christian who's just struggling with the concept of death. You know, I don't want to die, and it's okay. It's okay. You know, we, we, we struggle with things as Christians, and it's okay to struggle with the idea of death, Uh, You know, it's it's kind of a kind of a joke that says, you know, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm just afraid of how I'm going to die. So sometimes you have to separate those two things to get a grasp on this. And not everybody is um, anxious about dying. Um, Some are just anxious about how they're going to die. And uh, you can put all that in the hands of the Lord. He's got preparation for that uh, for his children as well. So. Again, ho- hopefully we've changed your mind about something in this topic, in this conversation. Um, we pray that that uh, the Holy Spirit continue to use this podcast to glorify the name of Jesus and pray that you can take this podcast and confidently share it with a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, uh, someone you're trying to influence toward Christ. Uh, that's, that's the reason we do the things that we do. And so thank you all so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries. We hope we have answered some of culture's difficult questions using the Bible, God's Word. Please help us get the word out about this new podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at 601-469-2680, or you can email us at embrace.church at yahoo.com.